Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Tagenda, your weekly plus recap of the pop culture shit you need to know so that you're not boring. My name is Tatenda and I'm your host, so let's hop to it. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of The Tagenda. I am your host, Tatenda, and we are back. It's been an interesting couple weeks. I have a new computer. I am exhausted. I am recording this to you live, horizontal, from my couch with hair rollers in. I've never done this setup before, but I was like, wait, I got to record this to Jenda. But wait, I'm so exhausted. Why don't I do this from my couch? So that's what we're trying. I hope the audio quality is okay. So before we get started, I would like to say that this episode is more about providing joy. I want us to go into our week's knowing that we have things to talk about that aren't so heavy. The world is really heavy right now. There's a lot of nonsense. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. There is a lot of death. There is a lot of grieving. There is a lot of anger. And I want this podcast to be a source of levity, a source of light, something that you can talk about to not only not be boring, but perhaps to lighten the mood. Because although in the grand scheme of things, gossip isn't that important, it is that important, It's a way for us to connect, to relate, to make things a little bit easier for each other that have nothing to do with us or that actually aren't of strong consequence. So in this moment, I I am proud to be your guide through being a gossip hound of the celebrity nature because this is the society we live in. You know, you can have other rough discussions with your friends and your family, and I'm sure they're probably happening because that is the world we live in. But for us here, we will gossip and we will gossip with pride and joy. So let's go. The sads. On October 11th, 2023, very sadly, Rudolph Rudy Isley, one of the Isley brothers from the musical group, the Isley brothers passed away from a heart attack. He was known for writing a lot of the records that made them very, very famous. And if you're like, who are the Isley brothers? I know you know the song Shout. That's them. All right. Like, (laughs) If you don't know Shout, I don't I don't know what to do with you. Like, everyone knows that song. If you don't know that song, I, you need to Google it. Because I, it, how would you miss that one? Anyway, he helped write this number and a number of other just very famous, like, iconic Motown songs. And so may he rest in peace. And I hope that him and his family or his family is, you know, mourning appropriately. This is a very big loss for, like, truly all of America. Like, this man helped define a sound, define a generation of songs that we celebrate to even to this day, even though they're, you know, 40, 50, 60 years old. So rest in peace, Rudolph. On October 15th, actress Suzanne Summers passed away. Um, Many people who are a bit older may know her from Three's Company, but us elder millennials may know her from Step by Step, that wonderful show that aired TGI Fridays. I'll never forget Channel 12, 8 p.m. Fridays. There it was. And she's known as an actress, but when I was like looking through her obituary, a few things stood out to me that are worth noting. One, she left Three's Company because she wanted to be paid as much as the main star, John Ritter, who was a very famous actor at the time. And she was, you know, one of the lead leads as long as him. And the studio basically laughed at her face and said, absolutely not. You don't deserve to make that much. You're a woman. So she was like, all right, deuces. And number two, if you don't know her from any of those shows, which is highly likely, you may know her because she popularized the thigh master. She was the face of the thigh master. She did all of the marketing for it and basically then made herself into like a wellness guru. She had some problematic health views, but 
you know what, that's not her business. But she passed away from cancer a day before her birthday. And, you know, I hope her family is able to grieve. And we all have been given the gift of Suzanne Summers in American culture. So, yes, very sad losses for us this week. Time for the goss. Moving into the goss of it all, which I'm very excited to do, we need to talk about an update to a story. So maybe a month or two back, we talked about how Michael Oher from the blind side, who's a football player, but the story made it seem like the family adopted him, but actually they put him in a really manipulative conservatorship that allowed them to take his money. He's free. The judge said this is a wiggity-whack conservatorship. This should have never happened. And he now is not under the conservatorship. So I hope he's able to like go on, make his money. I hope he gets restitution for money that might've been taken from him. But this is a very positive ending to a very just fucked up story. Following up on another story that we talked about in our last podcast, truly the last episode, I actually got feedback on this. I had some friends know, hey, we did not know you were this angry at Joe Jonas. I was like, you know what? I didn't either. But when men act like trash, I treat them like trash and then I get angry. But it seems that Joe Jonas and Sophie are easing back the divorce. At first, I thought they were pulling a Kim and Croy by taking back the divorce. But no, rather, apparently after days of mediation, they have come to a reconciliation with how they are going to co-parent their children. So Joe Jonas removed his divorce petition from the Florida court. Now, interestingly, it looks like Sophie has not withdrawn her divorce petition from the British courts. So it could be that they are looking to dissolve the marriage in England. However, they have agreed on a two-country co-parenting system. They each get their kids every two weeks. They have enough money to fly like that. So Sophie's also allowed to travel with her kids to the UK. It seems like they have decided not to go the um, scorched earth, trash talk, let's create horrible narratives about Sophie as a mother root, which I think is better for them, their kids, and America and me. And my favorite story of fuck around and find out. So in episode, I believe 18, we talked about how Drew Barrymore decided to cross the picket line with the WGA writers and tried to make her show go live. And then she took it back when she realized like what trash that would be. But now she ain't got no writers. So now that the strike is over and she could be writing, her writer said, fuck you. You tried to cross the picket line. We don't like you. And they left her. So now she has no writers for her show. And she has to go find new writers. And it's going to be difficult for her to find WGA writers after the shit she tried to pull. Which I love. Like, Drew, what were you doing? It, it, I, like, ridiculous. It, the whole thing was ridiculous. And I'm... Honestly, I'm experiencing a lot of schadenfreude. I'm so glad she's experiencing this difficulty. Don't cross a picket line like that. There had been rumblings of this rumor, but I was hoping it wasn't true, but it is true. Joshua Jackson, our favorite Mighty Duck, our Pacey from Dawson's Creek, is divorcing Jodie Turner, one of the most beautiful women on the planet, period. And he was recently spotted out with Lupita Nyong'o, who then released like the weirdest breakup statement I've ever seen to explain that she is no longer single either. I don't know what to think of this, except for that Josh Jackson clearly has a type. Um, and it's not what all the Dawson's Creek girlies thought it was. But I'm still sad. Like, uh, Josh and Sue. Mm, I loved that couple, but it's over. So we're moving on. They're moving on. We're all moving on. So the queens of saving the summer, this economy... Beyonce and Taylor had a moment together. Taylor is released and it's now in theaters. If you have not seen it and you're interested in seeing it, go see it. Her Eras tour movie. And Beyonce came to the premiere to support her. And Taylor gave the most gracious 
um, I guess was post about how important Beyonce has been to her career. And if you think about it, there aren't that many people who are that stratosphere status who have lasted this long and been as healthy and had as successful a career as Beyonce, truly no one. And so for Taylor to acknowledge that longevity and before all of you were like, oh my God, no, Beyonce is older. (laughs) She has been along a little bit longer as an adult and has basically been helping to build the blueprint of what it looks like to age in the public eye without having a fucking crisis and disaster. That's all I'm saying and I think it was great for Taylor to acknowledge that. And I thought it was a beautiful showing and coming together of women who oftentimes are always almost pitted against one another or like they often don't get their flowers at the same time. So I think it was great for them to show that there is not competition here, but in fact, we're just icons together and can support one another. Um, I loved it. Let's also talk about Taylor. So the thing I have noticed about the Taylor Travis Kelsey thing, one, I don't like the outfits they wear together. Come for me all you want, but like, Yes, it's cute they're together. I like that she goes to football games. I think it's weird the NFL shows her so much because they show her like as much as the damn football. But two, like they just don't dress well together and I would love to fix that. But again, it's their lives. It's their fashion. Actually, I shouldn't even say that. It's their lives. It's their fashion. I just don't like their fashion. And that's okay as long as they are happy. Two, there is something weird and like insane about these Taylor Swift fans that it's to the point where like Travis had to buy a whole new fucking house in order to have safety from paparazzi and fans. Like, that's insane. Everyone take it down a notch. I am all for finding joy wherever you can, enjoying your celebrities, enjoying the gossip. But when it gets to a point where people's safety is endangered, we might need to check our behavior a little bit. All right, here's the big one. The big one that I was like, we need to take a breath before we talk about this. We're going to talk about Jada. So... Jada is on a press tour because she is releasing a new book about her life, which is all fine and dandy. However, there has been a lot to come out that is in this book. And yes, Jada Pinkett Smith has a memoir, but here are some things that we learned. One, her and Will Smith have allegedly been separated for seven years. We'll pause on that, we'll come back to it. Two, allegedly, Tupac proposed to her in prison three she had a beautiful sex room with her for her and will smith that was three and okay so let's let's start with the her and will have been separated now there have been two massive things in pop culture that involve jada pinkett and will that we need to discuss if they are separated and we're going to go in chronological order because it's easier so let's rewind back to i don't even remember the year but we're going to talk about the entanglement with August Alsina. And I think I was still doing this podcast, or at least I was writing. So it it was after 2020. It was post-pandemic. And it came out that Jada had allegedly had an affair with this man, August Alsina. This man is actually a rapper. He did a whole album about it. He was tore up. And they made it seem as if she had this affair and they worked through it, when in reality... The reason she didn't call it an affair and called it a, quote, entanglement was because they weren't even fucking together. They were separated. So what did any of it matter? Like, I watched a whole 40-minute table talk of bullshit because they're talking about this entanglement that hurt when her and Will were already separated and they were pretending at this red table talk that they were still very much so together. 
I feel hoodwinked. I feel lied to. I feel manipulated. I don't like it. Now, if you are going to be separated like that, be separated and like do your separated thing. But like, don't bring us all into it seven years later. Like, complete the long con or shut the fuck up. It's ridiculous. Now, thing number two that's even bigger than the entanglement was the Oscars. Make it make sense. Chris Rock decides to go after Jada and then Jada's like, you know, after Will gets up and slaps the shit out of him on the stage, Will's banned from the Oscars for years. He's kicked out of the Academy and they weren't even married. Like they weren't together. So he kept saying, my wife, my wife. And allegedly Jada was like, he hasn't called me his wife in forever, but he slapped somebody on that stage. And, and now we're all looking at it through the premise of they were separated at the time and they had been separated for what? five years at that point what is going on what in the crazy is going on so this to me just it's the the math is not mathing it does not make any sense people's behavior is wild I, I have no words for it and so then to listen to her talk about her interactions with Chris Rock and yada yada it's like none of it makes sense all around it just feels like We are now in the messiest separation, marriage, divorce of our lives. And I don't want to be. Like, I actually don't want to know anymore because nothing makes sense. All right. Now let's go to the next piece, which is that back in, like, I believe it's 1992, 93, she claims that Tupac had proposed to her when he was in prison. Now, I watched a lot of TikToks about this, and there are people who are calling foul because based on the timeline of where Jada says she was at the time, which was beginning her relationship with Will Smith, and where Tupac was in prison and where she said she visited him in prison, this could not have happened. And I don't know the details. I was four years old at the time, maybe five. So I don't really need to know, but I, I I am sus because when Tupac was in prison, he did have a woman who moved closer to prison who was his girlfriend and then became his wife. Like he was happily married and I don't think it was a rebound because he was with this woman before he went to prison and then she like held him down through prison. And either way, like, why are we talking about this? The man is long dead. Like, what? why it just doesn't seem right and we're going to talk about this in the next segment people are welcome to their recollections whether they be true or false like they can do whatever they want this is america write a book about true false whatever it just feels so messy and then third like you have kid like i don't need to know about your sex room with will smith that you clearly haven't used in seven years because you're separated so like are you going to talk about that on the red table and now that the book is out she says she's relaunching red table talk And this Red Table Talk is a conversation between her, her mother, and her child. Why do you want to be talking about this with your mother and your child? Maybe I am too, you know, child of immigrants to understand. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm not having these conversations with my mother or my child. Period. So it's just been too much. I feel really exhausted, if you can't tell. Like, it is just, like... I get it's a book and it's a memoir and it's her memories. And here's the other thing. So in transparency, I have met Jada Smith once, Jada Pinkett Smith. Should we even call her Jada Pinkett Smith? Should it just be Jada Pinkett again? I don't know. But I have met her. And the story, like I was, it was a work event for a company that I used to work for. And she had come to speak to um, 
a group of black employees about like the black experience, yada, yada, her life. And she made some claims where like, we all had our eyebrows up and I was just like, miss ma'am, you're Delulu. And we did not use the word Delulu at the time, but I wish we did because it was the perfect encapsulation of the storytelling and experience that I witnessed. Delulu, okay? And so I just feel like this book is more of that in written form and I won't be purchasing it. Yeah, Delulu. And in this case, it's the, the only thing it's Delulu for is her money but certainly not our sanity or our time. I am tired. And I guess rounding out books in Delulu and freedom, let's talk about Brittany. So Brittany's book comes out next week. I will be reading it. I will be taking notes. I will come back more informed. However, obviously the preview copies have been out and people are writing. And, oh boy, there's a lot to talk about here. And there are a few headlines that are really dominating. The first is the allegation in the book, and I believe her, that Brittany had an abortion at Justin's request because she got pregnant and he said he was too young to be a father. The second item is that allegedly Justin has a tiny peepee, which we won't spend too much time on. The third item is that... Um, they were allegedly engaged to be married and had a photo shoot. And then the fourth item is that he actually cheated first. All right, so let's start with item one. I am going to say that the thing about this story that worries me is I feel like it's going to be weaponized politically in a way that does not serve society, right? Like, at the end of the day, she writes about the abortion that she had and that they came to this decision. She did it. Now, if she came to the realization or was able to make the decision and regrets it now, that's unfortunate. But I am proud and happy that she was able to live in a country where she had the freedom to make that decision, had the freedom to regret it. And can work through all of those decisions with her family and her healthcare doctors and her maker, right? Like, at the end of the day, whether or not she regrets that is not an argument for or against reproductive freedom. Rather, it's an example of why it's important for people to be able to move through the gamut of these decisions and feelings because that is indicative of a free society, that's all I have to say on that. I am elated that Brittany lived in a world where she was able to make those decisions. And I hope those decisions were be able to be made without the coercion or abuse of male input. But she clearly talked to her partner. They came to a decision. They made a decision. They acted on it without interference from the government, which is an indication of a free fucking country. That is all I have to say about that. Next, moving on to Justin's BPR. Like, it's such an unnecessary thing to add into the discourse. Like, she didn't have to put that in there. And, like, this is a woman who has been through so much that, like, her memory, I'm going to say it might not be the best, but could she have remembered this word for word? Probably. Either way, you can tell she's mad at him because this is some petty shit to include in a book. Just didn't need to be there. 
doesn't further her story, doesn't further any, it just makes him look like shit. And I'm kind of all for it. It's petty as fuck. And I don't really care if it happened or not. It's just, this is what he gets for Janet Jackson. Thanks, Brittany, for allowing us that moment. Okay, the third piece that her and Justin were allegedly unfianced. I don't know. Again, there are like photographic evidence, things on TikTok saying that this is a thing. I'm excited to read the book. That way I can delve into this chapter and not like deal with the excerpts. Because I feel like a lot of this could be like spare where we're getting these like salacious excerpts. So we read the book, but we're like missing the whole story. So yeah. But the fourth piece that we're going to talk about is he cheated first. Now, I cannot get over that this man cheated first and then did a whole ass music video about her cheating made all this money to make her look like the villain. She had to go through all of these interviews to make her look like the slut-shamed one. And he cheated first. Cry me a fucking river, Justin. That's disgusting. And you know what? Taking my, you know, smart hat on, my manipulative hat, if I were Justin and I knew this book were coming out and I was worried that someone would be writing about my micro penis, you know what I would do? I would get the band back together again. I would give everyone a reason to remember why they fell in love with me. I would give everyone a reason to remember how much joy my career brought to their lives at the most innocent point of that career. That way we're talking about that and we're not talking about this other stuff without having these warm, fuzzy feelings. And I think it's a big deal that those boys, those men were able to go behind him and do this because I do not think this was a coincidence. I think that his PR team got this, got, got the band, literally got the band back together again to help inoculate against bad feelings about their main client when this book came out. What I hope they don't do is paint Britney as crazy, yada, 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 to deny all the claims. Like, he should just stay quiet. It's her story. She's been through a lot. He probably put her through a lot. I don't doubt it. Like, shaming Britney because of this story is not the right press move. I I am happy with how they have done it so far. But we all have to remember, again, this is a woman who's been through a lot. She has been through a lot of abuse at the hands of her family. She's been through drug abuse, literally. Like, they forced her to go on, like, psychotherapeutic drugs. Who knows what she took recreationally before that? She was unwell. So... Her memory may not be fully intact, right? Like this book could be filling in some things. This book may not be the truth as it was, like if we were a third person character watching the whole thing from the wall, this might not be what we would have seen. But I'm excited to read what she felt she experienced. And I think that's important because she gets the freedom to write what she thinks she experienced, just like Jada. Only with Jada, I don't want to read it. I'm confused and I'm over it. And with Brittany, I may read it and then I might be confused and over it. But they'll have the right to tell their story. This is fucking America. Tell your story as you remember it. I will just sit here and, you know, take it with a grain of salt. It might not be the thing that actually happened because we all have our perception of what is truth and what is not. But this is their story. And especially in Brittany's case, she deserves to tell her story and make the full money without having anybody take that money from her story. Free Brittany. And wow. We have come to the end. That is the agenda this week. These are the biggest stories to me. This is, it was just a lot. I hope the audio quality wasn't too bad because I'm hoping to figure out a way where I can continue to record this from my couch. That way I can give you the full energy required. I'm speaking from my diaphragm because I just got so passionate about Jada and Brittany. My goodness, I still I still have feels about it. But um, 
you know, here we are. I, I got some errands to run after this. Thank God I'm not like recording this and like trying to run to the airport. I did not miss my flight in case you were wondering, in case you were worried, I got everywhere I needed to be on time with all my things intact. It was great, but you know, I'm tired. I, as I said, I'm tired. I got things to do. I don't want to do them, but this is life. This is life. Anyway, I hope this was a great podcast for you. I hope you take this gossip and you create levity. I hope you chat with each other. I hope you, I hope you have thoughts. Maybe you agree with me. Maybe you disagree with me. Share your thoughts with me. I love that. That's what makes this a community. That's what makes us experts in the gossip. Okay. I love you so much. I hope you don't act right this weekend. And if you do, please tell me all about it. XOXO. Ta-ta-ta. Love you. Bye.